Good morning. Our reading this morning is taken from Matthew 6, verses 6 to 8, and it's going to come up on the screens. Jesus says, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This morning, I want to talk to you about how to prioritise your one-to-one with God. When Archie and Sam asked me to speak on the topic of prayer, I have to say I was a little bit hesitant partially because um, I find prayer really hard. And I could immediately think of at least 10 people who are far more prayerful and who know more about prayer who could share. I thought of my friend, Jeremy, who has written this beautiful book of reflections on the Lord's Prayer, which was released last year. And Jeremy has led the prayer meeting at HTB for 32 years, since 1990. And the prayer meeting continues on Tuesday at 7.30. And I'm just thinking, Jeremy is your man. Jeremy is the man to speak on prayer, not me. And I think I said to Archie when he asked me, I think I just said, oh, I just think I pray from my heart. And looking back, I wish I had said something more impressive or eloquent to my new line manager. But those were the words that came out of my mouth in the moment. You know, the thing I think is hard about prayer, or the reason I find prayer hard, or I forget to pray, or other things come along and compete for that space, that one-to-one time with God, it happens because I forget who God is. I forget that God is the most powerful person He is more powerful than any CEO, any president, or even prime minister. And actually, more than power, he is the one who loves me the most. He is the most interested in my life. He cares more for my well-being than anyone else. And this morning, you may be here wondering, and I want to tell you that God is the most powerful person in your life, and he is the one who loves you the most. I have this sense this morning that God might be wanting to say to me and to you that I am the Lord who loves the hidden place. I love the place where we have our one to one. When I look back on my life, there are actually two significant moments in my life which shifted the way I thought about prayer. The first moment was actually right here by this pillar at Brompton Road, where I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, suddenly I came out of that encounter and I realised how real God is. It's not that I didn't believe that God was real before, but after I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I knew God was real. And if God is real, that means I can talk to him about anything that he's interested and that he cares. And so I, my prayer life started to change. I actually started to look forward to my one-to-one time with God. And I remember the day after I was filled with the Holy Spirit, this was my prayer to God. 
I said, I love you, Lord, and I want to follow you for all the days of my life. I want to give you everything that I have, and I want to serve you with all of my heart. So those are the words that came out of my mouth, but I'm also quite pragmatic, and I got a sheet of A4 paper, and I wrote down five areas of my life that I wanted to surrender to God, and I wanted to pray. And so that year, I prayed consistently, I prayed audaciously, and I prayed somewhat shamelessly about where I wanted to see God move, not just for me, but in the lives of my loved ones, my friends, my family, and for the things I saw in the world that deeply troubled me. I wrote it all down on a sheet of paper, and honestly, I saw God move in miraculous ways. The second moment where my prayer life really shifted was in the pandemic during the worst lockdown of 2020. There's not much I miss about lockdown, but if there's one thing I do miss, it's how the pandemic transformed how I prayed. Because actually lockdown pushed me deeper into the arms of God than had anything else had happened in my life before when there was so much uncertainty, when there was so much that was unknown, I became dependent on God in a new way. And prayer became my lifeline. My one-to-one with God became the room of refuge in the storm. And maybe some of you have come today and you're in the midst of a storm. And I want to encourage you that the one-to-one with God can be the room of refuge for you in your storm right now. I probably shouldn't tell you this, but in the, in the hardest part of lockdown, I went into my room, I closed the door, I got into bed, I got under the duvet covers, and I got the biggest bag of crisps in my flat. <laughs> and I opened the bag, and I looked out of the window, at the bluest sky, and I began, began to just talk to God. It was just me and God, and I would eat crisps, and I would talk to God. And um, I, th- I think that counts as prayer, really. But um, I, would, I would come to God with all of my questions. I would come to God with all of the things that I couldn't answer. And as I did that, as I ate crisps and talked to God, I began to feel God's delight. I even felt God almost laughing with me in the room. And I felt God say to me in that one-to-one, this is what I want. You and me, just be honest, just be real, and just be yourself. Eating crisps when you pray is okay. I think God is okay with that. Christian prayer is to the Father through the Son, and by the Spirit. And in our passage in Matthew 6 today, Jesus is teaching us how to pray. There are so many things that I've had to relearn coming out of the pandemic. I've had to relearn how to be social again. I've had to relearn how to pick up the phone and make a phone call and talk to someone on the phone. I've had to relearn how to board a flight. 
I've had to relearn how to be in the room with lots of people again. And this morning, I'd love us to explore together how we might relearn how to pray from Jesus. The African-American theologian Howard Thurman writes this. Again and again, Jesus came back to the inner life of the individual. With increasing insight and startling accuracy, Jesus placed his finger on the inward center as the crucial arena where the issues would determine the destiny of his people. The inner center, the inner life of the individual matters. You know, what goes on in here with God has the ability to make an impact on everything going on outside in our world right now. The world is going through tumultuous times. And I think what London needs right now is a church that prays. A group of people who are so anchored in their prayer life, both individually and corporately, so committed to interceding for this city, so transformed by the love of God that we actually have something to offer our world today. When everyone is freaking out and full of fear, that we might be a people who remember that God calls us to be still and know that I am God. Because that truth has the power to transform our hearts. And that truth has the power to give us a hope, a peace and a love which the world so desperately needs right now. That is the only way we have anything to offer the poor, the lonely, the weak and the vulnerable. Jesus says, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father. The first thing we learn from Jesus is to create space in our lives once again for our one-to-one with God. You can pray anytime, any place, anywhere. I don't like to get formulaic about prayer because actually we're all different and we all encounter God in lots of different ways. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. I returned back to work this week. And on my first day back, I woke up extra early because I wanted to be ahead of the game. I knew that there were emails waiting for me, there were meetings waiting for me, there were requests and responsibilities that I have to return back to coming off of holiday. And if I'm honest, I sat at my desk and I started to feel a little bit overwhelmed. Maybe also a little bit sad that my holiday was over as well. But one morning I came to the realization that the best thing I can do is to make a regular one-to-one appointment with God every single day to create space for God and to re-establish a sustainable spiritual rhythm in my life. And I think that's what the pandemic has slightly robbed. We're all trying to figure out how do we re-enter, how do we re-establish our patterns and rhythms or get, keep us anchored in the right things in this season. Maybe to the outside world, it just seems like a waste of time. Many people would say, oh, just get cracking. Just start doing. Why are you wasting your time praying? Maybe because it's not monetizable or productive on the surface. It's a waste of time. But deep down, I know that apart from God, I can do nothing. So I put down my pen. I shut the laptop. I closed the notebook. And I stepped away from my desk. 
and I decided to leave and go for a walk. And I put my earphones in, I turned my worship music on, and I walked around the block and I prayed. And as I prayed, suddenly that sense of burden, that sense of feeling overwhelmed started to lift and I started to feel God's peace and his presence. And I came back in a totally different headspace to address the things of the day. Maybe on this Sunday, you're getting ready for the week ahead. Maybe it's the return to work, return to the office, return back to school, return back to all of the things that are waiting for you that feel overwhelming. I want to encourage you this morning to create space for God because God is so interested in your life and wants to be present with you in every moment. Sometimes, if I'm honest, I don't get to do the walk and pray all the time. Sometimes the demands of life are just really busy, but that's okay because the other thing that I do when I pray is that when I can't walk around the block and pray, I, when I brush my teeth in the morning, I pray, come Holy Spirit, as I brush my teeth. And I know it sounds silly, but I pray, come Holy Spirit, and I invite God into every meeting, every conversation, every interaction that I'm going to have that day. And I also pray that God, if you want to interrupt me, if you want to disrupt me, I'm okay with that too. You do whatever you want. I think God is okay when we eat crisps and pray. And I also think God is okay when we brush our teeth and pray. What are some of the things that you need to say no to this term so that you can say yes to a one-to-one with God? Or what are some of the small spaces in your life where you can just take a small step and invite God in every single day? because it is going to make a difference to you. After we walk into the room, Jesus tells us to close the door. And I think that means that we are to learn to love the hidden place. Learn to love the hidden place with God. I'm not very savvy on social media and I'm still waiting for God to send me a very kind young person to give me a tutorial on TikTok, which I still don't know how to use. In a world that loves everything to be posted in the public sphere, for everyone else to see, I think the most powerful transformative moments happen in the hidden place, in the space and time that we spend with God. We can't always see or understand what exactly God is doing, but God loves it when we pray, when we pray to him in that hidden space. I love what Mike Pilavachi, the pastor of Soul Survivor Watford Church says. He says that David killed the lion and the bear in private, but he killed the giant in public. What you do in private determines what you do in public. Don't despise the boring, lonely, and hidden times. Use them to grow close to God. Sit in his presence. Just sit and let him transform you. Learn to love the hidden place. And lastly, remember that prayer is all about relationship. It's all about your relationship with God. Jesus says, pray to your father. 
pray to your Father. You know, Jesus could have used so many descriptions for God. He could have used pray to your King, pray to your Lord, pray to your Master, pray to your Creator, but he chooses to use the word pray to your Father because God is not your line manager. God is your Father. You don't have a business or transactional relationship with God. You have a covenantal family relationship with God. He is your father. And your relationship with him is not based on your performance. It's based on what the son has brought for you through his death on the cross. You are a child of God, deeply loved and deeply known. And you can go to your father anytime with anything anywhere. Do you believe that today? The basis for prayer isn't on your own efforts, but on the fact that you are a child adopted into God's family. That's the kind of access and relationship that Jesus has brought for us on the cross. We get to call God Father, Abba, Daddy, because of the Son. Jesus says that God the Father already knows what you need before you ask him. He already knows. Maybe you've come here today, maybe you're watching online and you've got a list of things that that make you anxious or fearful, things that you wrestle with. The Father already knows what you face in your life. He loves you and he cares about all the things that are on your heart. You don't need to worry if you say the right words. You don't need to worry um, whether it's perfect, whether your prayers are perfect. You don't need to ramble on in fear because God is your Father. You don't need to impress God with your performance, even if things have been hard and you've been struggling, because his love really is unconditional. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. And prayer makes God's love a reality in our lives. This summer, some of you may have been lucky enough to travel. And um, there was a bit of chaos with our London airports, I have to say. And um, I actually managed to catch a flight. um, But it was delayed flying back into London. And I got in quite late at night. And um, it was approaching midnight and I tried to get an Uber as I landed. And um, there were thousands of other people at the airport trying to catch an Uber at the same time. So I was just not, not able to get an Uber. So I called the taxi company and I said, can you send me a cab? And the guy said, uh, ma'am, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be three hours before a taxi driver can get to the airport to pick you up. And so I was, it was literally past midnight. I had 10% battery left on my phone. And I was like, how am I going to get home? Um, every bus, every coach, every train either seemed to be packed, fully booked, or it was no longer running because it was past midnight. And um, I started to get a bit kind of panicky and a little bit desperate. And so I should have prayed. That's what I should have done. I should have prayed. But instead, I opened Google and I typed in taxis and I clicked the first thing and I, um, I called this company. And within two rings, a guy picked up and said, we can send you a cab in 30 minutes, but you're going to have to pay cash and it's going to be a little bit expensive. 
And so in that moment, I was like, I need to get home. So I said, okay, and uh, hung up. And then I ran into the airport terminal to get cash from the ATM. And as I was doing that, my rational brain was like, why can't this company accept credit cards? Like, what kind of dodgy cab company have I just engaged with? Um, but I was like, no, I need to get home. This is the only thing. So I walked out with 5% battery left on my phone. It's about to die. And I was like, if my phone dies, this taxi driver is never going to find me. So I thought I'd go to the pickup area. And I thought, okay, this is the best chance I have of, of him finding me. So I put my bags down and I sat down on the floor waiting for this taxi to come. And as I was waiting, I saw all these people getting picked up from the airport. I saw... Um, friends coming to pick up their friend from the airport. I saw a family being picked up. Everyone there, kind of their car would drive up and then they would step in and then they would drive off. And there was one um, woman I saw who had five children and they were waiting for their pickup. And um, they were waiting and they were calling and then this car, this seven-seater van pulled up and parked up and then this dad got out of the car walked round, he hugged and kissed every single child, all five of them, he ferried them all into the back, he gave his wife a kiss, they got into the car and they drove off. And as I was watching this um, on the ground, I was, it made me smile, it made me smile and it made me think of my dad. Um, my dad passed away in 2015, and actually, my dad was always the one who would come to the airport to pick me up. In fact, um, whenever I landed over many, many, many years, dad was always there um, at the pickup area to try and pick me up as quickly as possible without incurring any fees in the car park. But um, that's my dad. But I, I, I kind of thought of that, and I, and I prayed, and I said, God, my dad is not physically here anymore. I only have you. You are my father. Um, please, Lord, can this taxi please turn up? Please keep me safe. Please get me home okay. Um, I, I just don't know how I'm going to get home tonight. And actually, I, I thought, I'm just going to start praying in tongues too, just to like, you know, and so I just started praying. And um, actually, a little while later, this cab, this taxi came pulled up and um, my phone rang. I was like, I'm here. Where are you? And I found the guy. I got into the back. I put my bags down. And because I'm relearning how to be social after the pandemic, I said, good evening, sir. How are you? I hope you've had a really good evening. And he kind of looked at me and he was like, I'm very well, thanks. I'm quite used to working the night shift because I've been doing late ever since I was a student. And I was like, great, great, great. And then he turned to me and he said, um, I like to encourage my passengers. Uh, and, I, and I was like, okay, okay. And then he said, um, I'm a practicing Christian. And I like to share my faith with my passengers if I have an opportunity. And I was literally like, okay. And I, and I started, and suddenly I just felt this peace. I, th I thought, oh, it's going to be okay. This guy's a brother. It's, it's all good. It's all good. And... Um, he, and, and then so we started chatting and he goes, and he started telling me all about his taxi ministry. He said, when people come into my cab, I try to encourage them. I counsel them. I share scripture with them. I basically, um, I'm a lay preacher in my church. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I said, I said, that's so interesting because I, when I was sitting at the pickup waiting for my taxi, I literally prayed in tongues because I was... Um, 
desperate to go home and I needed God to help me. And he literally turned to me with the biggest smile on his face and he said, this is a divine appointment from God, my friend. And at that point, it was past 1 a.m., sometime between 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. And this man literally told me all about his taxi ministry. And he began to share scripture with me the whole drive home. We were just talking about God and what God had done in our lives. And actually, um, he shared this scripture from Matthew 6 with me in the taxi. And as I got out of the cab, I kind of looked up and I said, God, you are so kind. Thank you that you are my father. Thank you that before I even ask, you already know what we need. God is your good, good father. And I think God, I think God wants to invite us back. I think God wants to welcome you home. That where God is, that is where you are at home, where you are safe, where you find refuge. And this morning I just sense that we need to remember, despite the chaos, that we can be still and know that he is God. We forget to pray because we forget who God is, but we merely need to be still and know that he is God. Would you like to stand? And we're going to respond and pray. Actually, a little bit later in Matthew 6, Jesus shares the Lord's Prayer as a framework for prayer. And I love the way that Eugene Peterson translates the Lord's Prayer in the message translation. And I'm going to just read this before we invite the Holy Spirit to come and meet with us. The message version says this, with a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. Come, Holy Spirit. You are so welcome here, Holy Spirit. I sense the Lord wants to fill people again, once, to, once again. That actually throughout this morning, you've been, you've been sensing something. And that's the Holy Spirit just saying, I am here. I'm with you. I love you. I will not forsake you, no matter what you face in your life. And I've had this picture of a room with an armchair inside it. And actually the room has become quite dusty, almost like it's not been visited in a very long time. 
And there might be someone here who's not had a one-to-one with God for a very long time. And you're actually worried that God is upset or angry or disappointed and doesn't want to hear from you anymore. But that couldn't be further from the truth. God is waiting for you in the hidden place. And he can't wait to pick up where you left off. That he so wants to hold you in his arms of love and remind you to be still and know that he is your God.